Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off-limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to I'll Hang Up and Listen. I am your host of Two Goalies, One Mike, uh, and I'll Hang Up and Listen, Dwayne. <clears throat> Joined by my co-host, Hurls, Connor Hurley. Sabres lose a absolute heartbreaker, two to one a night, and a must-win four-point swing against the Florida Panthers, uh, with only six games remaining on the schedule. Um, <clears throat> playoff hopes dwindle away after tonight, but they're not mathematically out. You'd essentially have to go undefeated the whole way and need help as well. Hurls, uh, break this down for me. How are you feeling? And you know what went wrong for Buffalo tonight? I'm feeling better than I should, given the fact that the Sabres now have their starting goalie of hopefully the next 20 years already on the team. Uh, I think a lot of us were saying for a long time that Devin Levi was the goalie of the future. And I think we can pretty confidently say now that he's the goalie of the present and the future. He is the best goalie on the Sabres roster, and it's not even close. They would have lost this game four or five to one without him in that tonight. Uh, He made at least seven High danger, incredibly difficult saves tonight that no other goalie that we have could have made. Yeah. Um, so that is giving me a little bit of solace and consolation. Otherwise, I think it's representative of a team that is going through a lot right now. Uh, Tage toughed it out tonight, but you can tell he clearly was playing hurt. Yeah, he was. They subbed in middle stat at one point on the top line late in the third. So that's obviously really unfortunate. And the rest of the guys – I mean, they generated a lot of chances, but there were a lot of missed nets. There were a lot of missed opportunities. There were a lot of chances that could have gone the other way. And quite frankly, there was a lot of luck and calls that went against the Sabres that you just think back to the Islanders game with the kicking. You think back to a lot of different things that have happened, things that have happened to this franchise throughout their history. And you look back to the offsides call. Of course, that's unfortunate. And that is the rule, but they get a goal called back and that changed the momentum of, of the game. So you, you can look at a variety of different things, but I'm at least taking a lot of solace in Devin Levi right now. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for silver linings, Devin Levi is definitely the very, the biggest silver lining that you can come out of tonight with. Um, I, I, you know, I've seen some people, you know, try and defend the effort tonight. You know, they have 41 shots on that, whatever it was. There's no defending that second period. And there's certainly no defending, the first half of the third period. Um, you didn't show up. 
you didn't play desperate enough. Um, and in a game where you needed to play a 60 minute hockey game, you maybe played 20, 25 at most. If you're lo- if you're being generous, let's be real. Um, and Alex Lyons is I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from him. Like, you know, uh, you know, former Yale goaltender, um, played with a buddy of mine, uh, when he was there, uh, you know, obviously he's, co- he's coming tonight pretty hot three, you know, with a below two goals, two, 2.0 goals against, um, not taking anything away from him, but I mean, up until the, maybe the final five to six minutes of that third period, he wasn't really challenged that much in terms and of, I mean, honestly, aside from the save on Oposo where he was literally in the yeah. net and Oposo, if he had picked his head up and could have just slid it onto the near post or even just like had any presence of mind to lift it up. I know it's a tough play, a wraparound, but in my opinion, that was his best save of the night, which I thought was pretty lucky. Um, He made some good saves. He was in position, but the Panthers defense largely made it really easy on him. Whereas the Sabres defense did not make it easy on their rookie goaltender playing his second game in the NHL whatsoever. So yeah, like obviously the Sabres generated a lot of chances. I think they had 5.26 expected goals, which is, the most they've had all season in any situation, which is insane. They also had 4.27 expected goals against, and they only only gave up two, uh, largely because of, of Levi. Because of Devin Levi, yeah. So and- it's a game you should have won. Uh, obviously, your goalie gave you a chance to win, and unfortunately, they just couldn't put put the puck in the net. Yeah, and that's why the score is, isn't is you know judged by analytics. Like, I mean, you can sit here and tell me all day that – this was your expected goals for expected. I, I don't care, man. I just don't think they were the better offensive offensive team tonight. Um, the stars showed up for, for the, uh, you know, the, the players that needed to show up tonight showed up for the Panthers. The players you needed to show up for Buffalo night didn't show up. I mean, injury or not, you know, Alex Tuck, Jeff Skinner, Tage Thompson, Darlene, you know, the players you needed to show up tonight did not show up and you didn't play with enough desperation. I mean, it sounds like I'm being too hard or, you know, you know, being a dick, you know, not trying to think positive. But at the end of the day, this was a game that could have really put you in a, a good spot to control your own destiny uh, over the next two weeks to to make the playoffs. And you blew it. You absolutely fucking blew it. And you wasted a phenomenal goaltending uh, performance from Devin Levi, um, who just honestly, you know, no team, you know, in his two starts, no, no, neither team has scored on him on a straight on shot. It's either been a deflection or some unlucky bounce. So, um, again, I'm not trying to be Mr. Negative, but I just, outside of Levi, I mean, the only other positive I can think of is with this being a game that is very close to a playoff type, like, feel for this team, maybe feeling this heartbreak is a good thing because no team that's worn a Sabres sweater has had to feel this type of heartbreak um, this late in the season. You know what I mean? Normally our season's over almost, you know, three weeks to a month ago. Uh, Whereas with this team, you know, they played a very, 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 very meaningful game in the beginning of April. And I can't tell you the last time we played a meaningful meaningful game in April. Let's hang the banner. We'll put meaningful games in April in the the Raptors next season. Um, Yeah. I mean, Hear me out. Like, I've done this. I've buried this team, like, figuratively, like, two or three times already this season. And I've seen how they've responded to adversity many times. And it's not completely out of the question. I mean, six games left, the Islanders. Oh, it's not. No, no. The the Islanders are – they have two games in hand um, on the Islanders who who play four games remaining. 
two against uh, relatively good teams. I think uh, it's Tampa and Washington and then Montreal and I think the Blue Jackets of Chicago. I'm not sure. So it's not completely out of the question for a team like the Islanders to lose four straight. I, I really do honestly believe that. And with the Sabres rest of the schedule, yeah, you have the Hurricanes on Saturday at home. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I think they've all but clinched um, the top. Well, the Devils are coming on pretty strong, so they'll want to play a game. But honestly, with Devin Levi and Nett and the run that he's on right now, I honestly think we could beat any team in the league at this yeah. juncture of the season. He yeah. is giving you a chance to win, and that has been – the main source of conflict and strife amongst amongst this fan base the entire season is that they haven't had a goalie who they could rely on in a big game. They now have that goalie and what they've relied on in terms of their offense and their shot creation and even the defenseman like Darlene getting up in the play and making plays and supplementing plays offensively. That's what they yeah. need. And they, they, they can easily do that. And I think they're a little bit in their heads. I think they're a tiny bit, Cracking under the pressure because let's face it, they're very young. It is the youngest team in the league. And they just went up against a team that last season, quite frankly, won the president's trophy. They were the best team in the in the league in the regular season. And they traded for a bona fide superstar in Matthew yep. Kuchmark. And they're scratching and clawing their way to the playoffs. Back, Obviously, back had a lot of point seasons for, for Kajak. Um yeah. Um by the way, did you uh, see after the first whistle, he went behind Levi's net and he was in his ear, and then he yeah. did it. The, he did it the entire game, which, oh, yeah. from a gamesmanship from a gamesmanship perspective, you got to respect it a tiny bit. I think he's a rat, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, just the fact that he stopped him on the breakaway late in the third period yeah. um, I mean, says all you need to know about yeah. the mental fortitude of Devin Levi. I laughed yesterday because uh, somebody made a comment. Uh, they're posting videos from practice. And Akposo pulled some random, like, yeah, it was a good you move. Know, when, you know, scored on Levi, and some guy goes, Well, we don't want him in the shootout. I'm like, You go back and watch the Bean Pot Championship game, and then come back and tell me you don't want Devin Levi in the shootout. Get the fuck out of here. You don't want the guy with the most lightning quick side to side, post to post crease movement that I've seen in this league in a long time. Yeah. Like I mentioned last podcast after the win on Friday, like, he is a young Mark Andre Fleury and his debatably, push, debatably even quicker. His first push is insane. It's crazy. I it, honestly, I, I can't even fathom how he does it. And that breakaway on Kachuk, look how far out he was of his nut. Had him the entire way. Too. Yeah, and wait, you know, if you want, you want to talk about like who's nuts off and how much that guy pisses people off. Like that's the guy I want not against who's nuts off when he tries and pull that bullshit because I, you find a goalie who controls his depth and his speed getting back the way Devin Levi does, it's all a psych-out game when you come yeah. in like that the way he does. And Devin Levi, for me, is going to win that battle every time. And for him to be able to do that, it, it says something about his athleticism and his positioning and his ability to trust himself enough to get back if he needs to. Because you're essentially daring the guy to make a move at that point because he can't shoot because he has no open net. So you're trusting yourself in your in your backward, in your backward C-cuts to be able to get back, get yep. over to either side, and like we said, his push – from either his right leg or his left leg is remarkable. Like this dude is otherworldly getting across the net. Even on the power play, you saw early in the first period, it was a one-timer and he said it after after the Rangers game, he is relishing these one-timers. This is his second NHL game. And he looks like he's played for years. And like, it's honestly insane. Like 
we had expectations. We had, and he's had a lot of hype, but he's exceeding all of it. And it's, it's honestly amazing to watch. Yeah. And uh, like, for instance, there was the one save on Reinhardt. Uh, Reinhardt was literally right on his doorstop and he pushed off his post into a perfect butterfly, just literally took any space that Sam might've had away, had away, closed the six holes, sealed the ice. And Sam had nothing, nothing to shoot at. And just like, that's just become the routine save for Levi is watching him, man. Like just the, his mechanics, just, you know, how aggressive of a goaltender is. And he has to be, he, he has yeah. to be that type of an aggressive goaltender and he has to be that fast because he does lack size. He does. Um, you know, a guy like Vasilevsky on that post to post, um, on, was it on Duclair? Uh, you know, Vasilevsky is over there a quarter to a half second earlier than Levi just on size. Yeah. So well, that's why it's taller. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like length, he's just over there that, or that much sure because of his size. Um, but Devin is just so st- strategical with, with, I mean, for the lack of better terms, just how good he is just reading the play. And th- this is where all those comparisons to Ryan Miller come from. Because Ryan Miller was a student of the game. He respected the game, and he was a student of the position. He was respected the position. That's why I know, like, the comparison between Ryan and, you know, his uh, pregame routine on the bench, and then you see what Levi does in commercial breaks. Like, and the, they both say they, – they, they they visualize the game before beforehand or visualize visualize what's going to happen, different scenarios in their heads. Like, like – that's how that's why guys like them are always a step ahead. They're constantly seeing the play as it comes to them and before it's happening. Well, that's why Gretzky was so good. And I'm not trying to make comparisons of greatness between Go ahead. Go ahead. We need it. We we need oh, some happiness tonight. Gretzky was so good because he knew where the puck was going to be. Not he wasn't just where it was. He always knew where it was going. Um and that's why guys like him were always so fucking good. Yeah. Um. And nobody could hang with him, even back then. You know, even even if he played in modern day, he just he was that smart of a hockey player. It wasn't just talent alone. It was upstairs. He was yep. the smartest guy on the ice every time he was on the ice. And that's what I. Those are the types of feelings I get from watching guys like a guy like Levi. Is he's the smartest guy on the ice? Yeah. As we, as we've said before, computer science major in college, like he's thinking the game like a programmer. He knows his next step because he's thinking two to three moves ahead. Yeah. If we, if we ever do get him on the show again, which I think might be a little bit more difficult now that he's with the Sabres, but Hey, he's our guy. We'll let's, see. let's shoot. For, let's shoot for the stars. Maybe in the summer sometime when he's, he's up a legitimate fun of the program. So yeah, when he's, when he's up in Canada, hopefully we get him on his boat. But the first question I would ask him would be, what is his approach? What is, what is going through his mind when the puck is in the other end of the ice, when the Sabres are on the power play, or when the defenseman on the other team starts to break out or in the neutral zone, what is he th- thinking? Is he predicting where the puck is going? Is he looking at the guys that don't, don't have the puck? When does he start to challenge? Because it seems as though he is ready for any type of situation, no matter it be a breakaway, a two-on-one, or a rebound right in front of him. He's thinking two to three seconds ahead based upon what he's studied about the game and the tendencies about what could yeah. possibly happen. And to add on to that, he has the incredible athleticism and reaction skills 
to make the play almost every single time, as we've seen in, in two games and throughout his college career. So the combination of his mental game and his physical game is incredible. And I, I don't want to overstate it, but we already know who's the Sabres starting goal, goalie next year. With, yeah. I, I think without a shadow of a doubt. I think we were hoping it would go as well as it has in these past two games and that it was the ideal scenario so we wouldn't have to worry about free agency or wouldn't have to worry about UPL versus Comrie. I still think I still think they either – I mean, Comrie's here for another year, UPL, honestly. I mean, I think he's he's gone. Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, like try to trade him. Like, yeah, could, I think – You think could potentially get a piece for him. Your best chance at a return is – you know, a trade with UPL and into a team that, you know, needs a solid backup. Totally. And he absolutely could be. And I'm honestly, I really don't think it's out of the question that UPL could be a starter in the NHL. No, neither do I. I I just don't see him as a 1A. You know what I mean? I I, I, like, I think his potential is there. I think the double hip surgery really hurt him. I really actually, that's um, tough for any goalie to come back from at, at the Rangers game. Uh, when Lee Lavier's debut, I actually forget his name. I made, I, I, I met actual the trainer for UPL's junior team. Uh, did he play for the Greyhounds? What did he play for in the O? Uh, gosh, uh, I, met, I met their trainer, their medical staff trainer, Windsor. Maybe I don't know. No, it wasn't Windsor. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I can look it up real quick. Yeah, look it up real quick. Anyways, I met him and he said he's not, he goes, he's not a mentally soft goaltender, but. He says the injuries to that kid are insane for his age. And he goes, he even said, he goes, I think that's what's eventually going to do his career in. It's just the inability to stay healthy. Essentially, you know, he's, he has, he has the tools to be a starting goaltender in NHL, but you know, the injuries, you just can't escape that. You know what I mean? Sudbury. Sudbury. Yeah. Uh, Great. I think Sudbury. Bird wolves, wolves, yeah, and it was a dog, some type of animal, some type yeah. of. Oh, you had it, you were real close. Four-legged but um, like you said though, like a double hip surgery, like that's yeah, double like, that's hard for anyone to come back from, let alone yeah. an NHL goalie. He has stayed healthy this year. Um, yeah. you don't you don't know what he's dealing with. You don't know the wear and tear on he's his body. Through, yeah. Um. So yeah, like we said, but honestly, the silver lining, the consolation prize to all of this is the experience gained by this team in these types of situations because they'll be better off next season in these types right. of situations. They'll, they'll hopefully have just a better team in general with a combination of free agency, trades, who knows what's going to happen. And they have a guy that they all can rely on when they inevitably let up these high danger chances. The way this team plays, yep. the, the system that they're in with Don Granado is run and gun. You, they're going for it. He wants Dallin to be up in the play. He wants Owen Power to create chances. He wants his defensemen and his forwards to sell out for goals. Yeah, And I love that. I really do. But to play that type of way, you need a guy that you can trust to make yep. the big saves. And they have that guy. And I can say that extremely confident. very confidently. confidently. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. It, it feels great. It really does. Um, and it's not, and it's not like you threw him in against games like Nashville or Montreal, both the teams of which we lost to um, without him enough, but you threw him in against teams that, like we said before, last year's president's trophy winning hockey team, even though uh, both behind the bench and, you know, on the bench, they, they went through quite, quite an overhaul in terms of change on the roster and behind, you know, their coaching staff. But, it still doesn't take the fact how talented that team is 
And then the Rangers, who retool, who, was, who were already very good and very deep, got a lot better at the trade deadline, acquiring Tarasenko and, and Patrick Kane, who were both invisible in that game against Buffalo. Possibly the best defensive performance I think I've seen from the team all season. Yeah. Um, but looking back, you know, as much as tonight sucks, it, you know, we can look at the trade deadline too as, you know, there was more left to be desired and what we did or didn't do. You also, not even taking that in consideration, you lost games to the Capitals. You lost games to the Flyers. You lost to the the National Predators. The, the Islanders who were in front of you, you lost them in regulation. You got blown out by the Stars 10 to 4. No, you lost to I the. Mean, I think it was that stretch was they got six of a total possible like 24 20 points. points. Yeah. yeah right. and, and you lost to the Blue Jackets. You know, the fact that they were even in the conversation tonight with a win was pretty crazy. The fact yeah, that they were able to yeah, win four or five and get back in it. Yeah. It says something about the other teams. Like the Penguins have just, they're in a free fall. Yeah. They're not going to make the playoffs. And in that, and, and that stretch of games, it was coming off the heels of a West Coast trip where I believe you took uh, out of the uh, – yeah, I think you went 3-0 and on that West Coast trip. No, no, no. You lost to the Kings, but you beat the Ducks and you beat the Sharks. And they came and they came you – got, you got your shit kicked out of you by the Leafs. When you come back, you beat the, you, you beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the Panthers um, back to back and days. the Panthers back to back. That's what gets you in the playoffs, and then you then you. Blow. But then you, you also beat you also beat the Capitals. But then you went on this terrible stretch. You you, you lost the Blue Jackets right. five to three. But you that's, lost. That's injuries too. You know yeah. that was right around the time yeah, Tuck was out, Darlene was out, Tage has been hurt since the All Star break. Um, it's a lot of bad luck, and it's the same old story mm. with Buffalo Buffalo sports. Unfortunately, like yeah. you, a you, lot you of know. bad bounces, a lot of bad luck. And yeah. this, this season, we could, could have said something completely different. Yeah. But I think we also would have said something completely different had Devin Levi joined the team in early March instead of mid-March. True. But you know what I mean? Like, it, it just shouldn't come down to that either for me. Like, these are games, even with the bad goaltending, you should have won. You should have won. You, you know, yeah. you're you were better offensive, offensively talented teams. Yeah. And you're looking at games where, you know, and we and you have discussed it in the past. You look at some of those games. It, half of it wasn't even goaltending. It was half of it was not showing up like you did tonight. Yeah. And in just it just so happened you, when you didn't show up tonight, your goaltender bailed you out with save after save after save and gave you a chance to win. But you just can't not show up even when you have the goal. You have to show up, and you just didn't. And um. You left a lot on the table in terms of points against teams that were already below you in the standings. And I look at tonight, and I, I just wish, it, as cool as it was to play such a meaningful game in, in April, it didn't have to be like this. Like, you, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It sucks. It's tough. But um, moving forward, I mean, you play them on Thursday against the Red Wings, right? Like, I don't, I don't yeah, think Yeah, I, I, I think you, I think you see as much of them as you possibly can. I don't know. I don't know if he gets five out of the next six, because um, I think six. you, if he's healthy, huh? No, I'm if he's not, <laughs> no, if he's healthy, Craig Anderson plays against Ottawa. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you're one thousand percent. That's potentially uh, the last game of his career. Um, you know, it's at home. Yeah, and um, you mean if somehow between now and then we go four and zero, and that game becomes important. 
I think you should absolutely spare it no expense in celebrating Craig Anderson's career because whenever we do, you know, put on a shindig like that, RJ Knight, uh, Ryan Miller Knight, who shows up, the Sabres show up and they show out. So I don't care. Put his fucking number in the rafters. Put his number on the ice. Do whatever you got to do to get that out front. Uh, yeah, exactly. Get that. Get that arena full and get that team amped up because they seem to show up on those nights. You know, Jack Eichel night is maybe not like a night of celebration, you know, from a team perspective, but it was for a fan perspective. But, you know, that that arena was electric. Um, the atmosphere was electric. Team showed up. Um, it was a really special night. Uh, and then, you know, obviously RJ night was a really special night. You, you, you showed up and you won. Ryan Miller night, you showed up and you won. Um yeah, spare no expense. You know, I don't do 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 a this is your life, Craig Anderson ceremony beforehand. Bring in his third grade third grade history teacher for all I give a shit yeah. to talk about him. Just sure. you know what I mean? Just do what you gotta do to, to win that game. Yeah, I mean, but leading up to that, like you said, you gotta go four and oh and Thursday against the Red Wings, who don't necessarily have a lot to play for, but they're also not eliminated yet. I think there's no question you put Levi back in there. Yeah. Against a team that you should probably beat. Uh they're a good they're a good team and Sabres haven't necessarily done well yeah. in games that they were supposed to win this season. But given these two performances, there's nothing else you can do. And you hope that with a little bit more rest, Tage is in a better spot. Uh this was the best lineup we possibly could have put out there tonight. Yeah. With they finally sat Olofsson. Uh they had all of their defensemen, Samuelson's back, and he was up and in the play. He was creating chances. He looked really, really good. So you have the team. You have what you've been wanting all year and a guy you can trust back there absolutely 100% of the time. Uh, he is young, obviously. Like Things can happen, but like hasn't shown it yet. So you take it game by game and you hope the Islanders lose. Of course, like it feels like it's over. It's felt like it's over a bunch of times this season. Yep. But I'd say like let's hold on to that tiny bit of optimism. I think it's I think it's worth it for the for this team and the effort that they've put in most of the season. I don't th- necessarily think the effort wasn't there tonight. I do believe that they cared. Just the results weren't there. The execution wasn't there. Yeah. So they they got to come out Thursday, give us a good game, and then you see where the chips fall. Because yeah. at the end of the day, like you got six games left with this group of guys, and like we've said many times before, it seems like they really really do care about each other. I was watching the embedded from when they were out here in L.A. Uh, last month, and it was uh, Samuelson, Clegg, Jack Quinn, and Tyson Jost just walking around Venice on the beach, just like shooting the shit, having a good time. Yeah. But you would never expect those four to be like super close and like have a great relationship. But I, yeah. I do think that says something about this team. Like even Jost mentioned it. Like we're all kind of the same age. We're all looked looked over in, in various points in our careers, aside from the obvious guys, of course. But. Yeah. They're, they're a group of guys that I think have grown really, really close, and they're relishing these moments. Um, of yeah. course, like the pressure has gotten to them a little bit. That's tough for anybody. But you take these six games and you build on it, and yep. maybe, maybe maybe a miracle will happen. We, yep. That's what we can hope for. We'll hit the peanut gallery here. Uh, tough loss for the team. Uh, hi, Robbie. Tough loss for the team, but good goal to any performance by Levi tonight. Uh, will McWeather, goalie who was playing – in his second NHL game was the best player on the ice. And it's not even close. hundred percent agree. Uh, I don't care what anyone says. It's not over. We can't lay down. Let this end like this run the table and have a good feeling. Pens and aisles will collapse. Just go, Greg. 
I, yeah, I, I listen, I feel the same way too. I, I do. I just, tonight was such an imperative game to win. For sure. And, and I, I think the Panthers are in regardless. They have a pretty soft schedule the rest of the way. Yeah. And they're a team, quite frankly, that should be at the top of their division. Question from Matt. In the event that Buffalo does not make the playoffs, but Rochester does, do we see the Jedi Master go down and be the man in the crease there? Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything keeping him um, from being able Absolutely. to go down to Rochester. Yeah, Without question, yeah, he'll be there. Yeah. I could definitely and like, that. And, and knowing him, like he will absolutely relish that opportunity because yeah. oh, when a Calder, as we've said so, so many times, like he just loves to play. I, I saw a tweet from Alex Killorn back in 2021, uh, tweeting about Devin Levi back when he was 14, taking hundreds of shots from NHL players in the summer after practice just because yep. he wanted to. And he wasn't surprised that's, about it. It's actually, uh, his mom told me a story about that, and she listed yeah. a bunch of players that. Yeah, like, you know, he's been taking shots from, like, NHL or, you know, future NHL players for a while now. Since and you can tell. Like you said, like, he hasn't he hasn't gotten beaten by a straight shot in – so I, I guess he had 32 or 36 saves tonight, and then he had 31 the other night. Yeah, In over 65 to 70, I would say at least 40 of them, really good NHL shots, he's largely shut it down. So Yeah, he um, hasn't been – again, he hasn't beaten by – Straight on clean shot has been a redirect or some wild bounce. Yeah. Um, from uh, yeah, I, but I agree. I think you would see him down in Rochester to help lead the Amherst to a call there. Uh, Donnie messed up with not having mitts with Tuck and Skinner all night. Tage should have sat, he was nowhere near ready for tonight. I, I think you saw it on the end of that game too when he fanned on that shot. I don't, he, he hit, he hits that 95% of the time if he's healthy. He, you could tell, and you could tell it in his face and his, you know his gestures after the fact, the way he reacted, you could tell just him kind of something lingering as he was trying to get up. You know, I'm not sure if it was the hit. It's a lower body injury, hip, rib area, pretty much his inability to really give that full torque motion that he, that he relies on so for much. Sure. And like your timing's off too, when you're out for a few games, you know, he probably hasn't had as much opportunity to practice that. Um, yeah. He, you could just tell even on, the uh, the Panthers' uh, second goal in the beginning of the third period. He had a horrible giveaway behind the net. Uh, it was oh, a really bad shift. Apparently, uh, according to Greg, he can't play on the playoffs for Rochester. Signed too late. So there's your answer. I'm gonna have to check on that. I I, I mean I trust I trust Greg of course, and our, our listen, yeah. listeners are very informed. But I thought I read something that he was able to go down, but could be wrong. Potentially, uh, TNT played. Bag cost them a goal, blind pass to nobody except Florida player, and his play was was bad. Need more, uh, need more, and if he is okay, he needs to show more than what was on the ice. Great game by Levi. No offense, no offense. Um, yeah, and I I think I I personally think Lee or not Levi. Uh, Dolly's been playing hurt for a while. Yeah, him too. Um, He's hasn't been the same since his injury. No, he hasn't scored. I, I'm not sure if it's true. He, if it is, I think Hamilton said something after the game. He hasn't scored a goal since January. Yeah, no, it's it's been, it's it was. I think it was the Stars game. Yeah, um, where he he blew that past um, Ottinger. Um, yeah, he hasn't been the same. Talk is playing hurt. Tage is playing hurt. Those are arguably your your three best players. So yep. this loss bad. really stings. Bad luck. Thought we'd win tonight. Just can't find the offense. Mauricio. There and he is. my Sabres, cherry pie turnovers. Oh, Second period was our downfall. Turnover after turnover, middle of neutral zone, lazy, lazy passes. 
Panthers kept coming back, poor puck management. Uh, I was happy to see Olsen not in the lineup at least. Yeah, I mean, Olsen's presence in tonight's lineup wouldn't have made a difference. No. Much. He wouldn't He wouldn't no. have gotten many chances tonight. I, I, the, give the Panthers credit. Like, they played a tough physical game. They they shut down the neutral zone. And that's, and they that's kept everything team. to the outside. Like, they, they played a playoff game for a team that you wouldn't necessarily expect that from. We, we've talked about that so many times is – when teams get physical with Buffalo, Buffalo tends to fold. And yeah. I'm not saying they folded tonight, but I just don't have that type of team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like your best chances tonight came from the Akposo line. For sure. You know, for the um, most part. Yeah. Absolutely. And you, why? And you want to know why is because they don't rely on skill to score. They play a chip and chase hockey. They, they get the puck deep and they grind out chances. They get the puck back to the point. And you know they dig for rebounds. That that's that's how that line succeeds. Yeah, um, and uh, and middle stat, but he uh, just seems to freeze in the big moment. Well, you know, that's right in front of that. That one, that, that one where yeah, he just yeah, puts it into the goalie. Got him there in the third period, but it was and, just he, and even the backhand that went over the net. Um, yeah, you saw him on the bench. Like, unfortunately, I think he's a pretty good playmaker. He had seven assists in five games leading up to this in yep. in a top line role, and I do believe there is a role for him on this team moving forward. I honestly do believe that. Yep. I, but he is not a finisher. He's he's here, pretty much proven that. Too, is you're so deep and overloaded at the center ice position. For sure. And so, uh, I guess we, we hope for Ryan Johnson to sign at some point. I think um, yeah. that would be nice. Uh, some more depth and playmaking build, excuse me, on the back end would be would be absolutely crucial. And like you as as we've said, like they've got a lot of money. Um, they're going to have a lot of cap space. You can add a defenseman or two. You can add a, I would say, middle six forward or two to to bring some more competition into this team. And then you go from there knowing that you are likely very securely sound on the back end in goal. As I, 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 like, I want to see five more games from him out of the six this season, if possible. Because here you go, for, here you go from uh, Mauricio Connor, your cherry pick, and I don't buy Levi. Overall, piece quality goaltender, twenty players. Team reality bites. Middlestack can't buy Lent Reese. Let release rent. Bag a goal. Season is over. Let's be honest. Uh, maybe to you, Mauricio. I haven't given up hope, but cherry cherry picking. Cherry picking what? I don't know. Maybe he's. Maybe he thinks. Maybe he thinks fans should pump the brakes just a little bit on Levi after two games. I don't know. I, I well, like I, I think, yeah, there was a lot of hype leaving in leading into this. Yeah. And the two examples that we've seen in pressure spots in must-win games against very good teams that are going to be in the playoffs and compete for a Stanley Cup, he has shown, as other people have said, that he's the best player on the ice. Yeah. And he's shown Levi. that in every situation, every level throughout his career. Why shouldn't we be excited? I mean, there's definitely reason to be excited. I, I'm I'm ecstatic. Everybody knows and that. It's, he's I'm, just objectively good. <laughs> like you can just yeah. tell, and you've known for a long time. And the only question was is was if he could do it at this level. And in his second career game, he's he's mm-hmm. done it. He's proven yeah. it. So yeah, I mean, he, could he be wrong, probably, but like nothing about his career leading up to this point has led us to believe that. No, Levi was fantastic. I wish now that he and the Sabers were buttoned down on his contract so he could play could have played sooner the delay in signing was unnecessary and turns out unfortunate i mean i think he might have missed one game what was yeah, it i mean i think it's more so like 
the the time it took to actually get him signed is I think what he yeah had. I mean it, it took barely a week in, yeah. and but here's the thing it was it wasn't just that it was the issues with you know getting his uh what's it called his visa, visa yeah. yeah his visa stuff um Connor I'm here I hold the team accountable that's the difference between you and me <laughs> I'm, ta- I'm, ta- I'm talking well, about, I mean I'm just talking specifically about the goaltender but that's <laughs> I hate a Dallas. Uh, we can right? both hold him accountable, and the accountability is that he's been very fucking good. So, I I agree. I agree with this. I hated Dallas' choice tonight. The trick shot attempt on his breakaway was unforgivable. I think that after watching the replay, I do think that was an attempted pass. I really do. Yeah, I don't I think just, he was. I don't think he was trying to go through his legs. I really don't. Yeah, I don't think so either. But just shoot the fucking puck for sure. Yeah, you ob- absolutely should have. But like, he off topic crazy middle stand situation. Off topic question. Where is the best place and what is the best time to get autographs from the players from my four year old son's first game on the eighth against Carolina? So honestly, your best bet for me, I know there's a parking ramp behind the behind the arena that they pull out of um near the cobblestone street. Uh that's where I used to go. Or um just go down by the glass during pregame, you know, hold up a sign, my son's first game, and maybe you know, maybe you'll get lucky. Uh, I know a lot of people t- tend to do that. Uh... <laughs> He's like... going in hard on you, bud. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we all know that there's not enough depth. I'm specifically talking about the depth. <laughs> like, I just, I don't, I don't know. I love him. I don't care. I love him, Mauricio. Good, bad, the ugly. He's always there. Almost always there. Well, he's, he's only been there for the ugly. I didn't see him after the Rangers game. Yeah, right. Right. Where was he? Rochester will not be required. Will not be required next year for Devin. No, absolutely not. Not required. Not. I think the question is if he can play there the rest of, the, of he this. He will not season. be eating garbage plates or renting an apartment in Rochester next season. Definitely not. I, I once once they are officially eliminated, I, I really do. I mean, yeah, it bites for all of us. We're we're in agreement there. Um, I think I think the the interesting thing though is honestly like once they do get eliminated, like getting him to the to the call the cup playoffs, I think would be yep. massive for his development. I really do. Yep. And again, I think as much as tonight sucks for me as a fan, I think in their long-term development to, to, to experience for Darlene's first time experiencing this, maybe even in his career, uh, a game of this magnitude and the heartbreak feeling, feeling like this, you know, hopefully in terms of development helps. Um, because again, no one, nobody wearing a Sabres jersey in the last decade has had to feel like this this late in the season, uh, you know, which is a good thing. So, yep. uh, Levi has yet to be scored on a clean shot in his two games played. Fact, uh, Levi is the real deal. No HL for Levi. Levi is out there like Robert Downey Jr. and Sherlock Holmes in that fight scene. Um, I don't know if I know that reference, but I'm sure it's true. I'm sure it's true. Yeah. My concern is what changes the Sabres need to make this off season. We can get in that in a second. Olsen has to go. Mitz needs better line mates. Need a top four D. Hopefully that's Ryan Johnson to push Yoki out of third pairing, which is something I've been saying all season. Uh, third pairing, unless there's an injury in top four, should Yoki be in the top four? Jury's still out on Greenway, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, Greenway, although he's played well, and even, he, I thought he didn't have a bad game tonight. You know, he had some opportunities, but um, I, I would wait 10, 10 to 15 games into the next season before I really make any full on judgment calls on, on Jordan Greenway, because 
it's a tough spot. You know, unless you're an elite at level NHL player coming to a new team, a new atmosphere, a new coaching staff. Um, it, it's not an easy transition and it takes some time to adjust. And um, I think that, you know, getting a full development camp or full camp under his belt, full off season with his new teammates, uh, it'll go a long way for him. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we're talking about a different type of player in Jordan Greenway uh, this time next season. Uh, I didn't mean, I didn't mean to have Levi down for next season at all, but if we were able to play in the playoffs, no, I, we understood what you meant, Matt. Um, Thompson shouldn't have played tonight. He lacked any push or drive agreed. Um, and need a vet pair with Levi next year, not named UPL or Comrie. Uh, love Varlamov. Yeah, it's true. Varley will be available. Uh, love seeing Samuelson going up the ice, creating some rush chances. Uh, <laughs> peanut gallery squeaks the truth. Uh, losing Samuelson for stretches this year was like losing Tim Conley in the 0506 playoffs. I mean, I don't know about that because that team, I mean, your third line on that team was Derek Roy, uh, Vanek, and Fenneganoff. Um, deepest team in the NHL that year <clears throat> with Ryan Miller and that. But I, I understand what you're, what you're trying to go with. Same old story, bad breaks, bad poor talent, no inspiration, poor GM. Um, and just there's some more comments here, too, uh, that we'll try and get to. Uh, I'll bring them up as we talk. But, um, yeah, in terms of the offseason, um, we've discussed this a lot. You do need a true number uh, top four defensive pairing guy. I don't think we can just bank on it being Ryan Johnson. Um, I don't think you have to throw – even if he signs, you don't think you have to throw him into that role or expect him to fill that role. And next year, I don't think there's anything wrong with bringing in a true veteran stay-at-home defenseman to be – the uh, Owen Powers version of what Samuelson is to Darlene. Um I don't I, necessarily even think you need to stay at home. You get a guy like Dmitry Orlov and you're set. Yeah. Honestly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But in a perfect world, I would like a stay at home guy. Um, for sure. For sure. But like Orlov's proven that I think he's good enough defensively and he can also generate offense and be that guy that is going to supplement the rest of the defense. There are guys out there like that that the Sabres yeah. can pay for and they'll be able to afford. They can so, afford them, yeah. They, think, they'll, have the, they'll have their pick of the litter. And yeah. I, 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 well, hope I think, do. I think first things first on Kevin Adams, things of the do are to obviously extend Darlene. And I think he might even explore, try to start the conversation too. with power as well. Uh, try and get that done earlier uh, yeah, rather than sure. later. So that's my opinion on, on, you know, list of priorities for Kevin Adams isn't, you know, going out in free agency and signing these guys is getting his own guys, uh, Locked up till 2030, like he has Tage and Cousins. Um, I would like to, but yeah, I just, uh, I, I think that you just have such a wealth of riches down the middle. You don't have to worry about that at all. I think another year under his belt that, you know, at least I'm not saying the kid line is your second line next year, but I think Dylan Cousins comfortably is your second line center next season. Yeah. Uh, you'll figure he'll, he'll put on more size. Another year under his belt, another year of experience, playing meaningful games. Uh, you know, it, it's going to go a long way in his development. Um, and plus, you're going to have a lot of competition coming to this line, which is why I brought the, the Krebs comment up early earlier, is he's a guy I think that you really need to take a massive step going into next season. Um, you know, he was a first-round pick uh, two years ago. 
um, has been a consistent player in this lineup, which is a good thing. Um, you know, he's that he's hung around, but I think he's a guy that I think not just fans, but they think the organization needs to see take a big step next season um, because of guys like Savoy, Oslin, and Kulik who are going to be vying for spots on this team next year. Yeah, for sure. Um, but like we said, good problem to have. And it is. Oh, it is. We'll see what happens in the offseason. But I don't want to get into the offseason too quick because we're going to have a lot of time for that this summer. Six games, try to mm-hmm. win all six and see where the chips fall. Yep, I, I agree. Um, last comment here, Dwayne. I feel Mauricio will be the guy to show up on a Zamboni crash through the boards, run on top of it, and die. Oh, I get, I get. No, he's making a wrestling reference. You wouldn't understand that. Um, but, uh, Actually, speaking of which, um, yeah, I know you. Uh, we talked a little about WrestleMania uh, last time we had you on. Um, unbelievable night one. Night two was an absolute fucking disaster for the way it ended. I'm not sure if you read into that much working at TMZ. Yeah, we we, we covered it on Monday, and oh, I, we did. Oh, I we did. I cut more wrestling highlights in my lifetime than I ever wish to do ever again. And yeah. It was it was too much. <laughs> well, you know, obviously, with with the with the acquisition of WWE by the Endeavor, yeah, uh, they covered that yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, and then Vince McMahon just nonchalantly running the show again for WWE uh, spells really bad things to the fans. So won't get into that. But um, yeah, I, I don't got much left uh, to discuss. You know, tonight sucks, but season isn't over. Um, hopefully we can go on a run here, a six and oh run and, uh, find, you know, and get the help that we need from teams, you know, that we need it from to try and end this playoff drought because I, I just don't want the season to end. I really don't. So, uh, you got anything else, Connor? Devin Levi is our Lord and savior. Uh, praise him as Easter Sunday approaches him. He he is Devin Jedi, Devin Levi, Devin Jedi. It's um, it's, it's really honestly like you're gonna wake up tomorrow, you're gonna be upset, you're gonna be pissed off. Just remember that he's our goalie for the next fifteen to twenty years. Yep, and, and um, it feels great, and uh, we haven't had that in a long time. So take some consolation in that, and uh, let's take it game by game. Let's beat the Red Wings on Thursday. Yep, agreed. So. With that being said, remember the guys have been brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case over on George Urban Boulevard. Uh, don't haste. Go buy a case from Georgia, from, from Outlet Liquor. Tell them the guys from Two Goalies, One Mike sent you. Uh, I am Dwayne for Cully and Hurls. This has been All Hang Up and Listen. Make sure you give us a follow at Two Goalies, One Mike um, on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and we will talk to you in a few nights after the Detroit game. See you later. Hey, everybody. This is Dwayne from Two Goalies on Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, hey, Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. Come on, let's go. 
the blue hotel I wanna live at the blue hotel The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares It's for the open-minded The pleasure seeker It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.